Today's reading is John chapter 5, verses 7 to 11, and can be found on page 1, 2, and 6 in the Church Bibles. Be patient, then, brothers, until the Lord's coming. See how the farmer waits for the land to yield its valuable crop, and how patient he is for the autumn and spring rains. You too, be patient and stand firm, because the Lord's coming is near. Don't grumble against each other, brothers, or you will be judged. The judge is standing at the door. Brothers, as an example of patience in the face of suffering, take the prophets who spoke in the name of the Lord. As you know, we consider blessed those who have persevered. You have heard of Job's perseverance and have seen what the Lord finally brought about. The Lord is full of passion, compassion and mercy. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks, Roz. Juno lives in a country where she has to go to church secretly in someone's home. She and her congregation eat together week by week and they lock the door. They do all the things that we would recognise in worship. They sing, they pray, they open the word, they encourage each other. But when Juno worships God, she is always alert for the knock at the door. At any worship service, soldiers could force their way in and drag everyone away to prison, and all of the congregation could face execution. Juno lives in first-century Jerusalem, the church run by Jesus' brother James, and sadly, her situation would be very familiar to millions of Christians worldwide today. Worshippers from North Korea to Eritrea would be arrested or even executed just for meeting to worship God. Many more face being rejected by family or abused for becoming Christian. And if you think that there's no persecution in this country, speak to some Muslim believers who've become Christian and find out from them what's happened in their families. James's message this morning is relevant for Christians who are up against it, and it's there on page 1216. I hope you've got it in front of you. It is relevant to all of us in this season of Advent, waiting for Jesus' return to set things straight as our saviour and judge. This morning, uh, we're thinking about perseverance. What does it mean to keep going in the face of difficulty and discouragement? James writes, verse 7, look down with me. Be patient then, brothers, until the Lord's coming. See how the farmer waits for the land to yield its valuable crop and how patient he is for the autumn and spring rains. A farmer can do lots of things to promote their crops growing. They can prepare the ground well, they can dig it over, They can put in fertilizer, they can sow seeds at the right time, they can weed around the plants. But ultimately, they can't control the rain and they can't make things grow. They just have to wait, knowing that if things go well, the crops will grow. Verse 8, you too, be patient and stand firm, because the Lord's coming is near. 
A church which is up against it will be desperately waiting for the judge to vindicate them. So the end of verse 9, the judge is standing at the door. You know, Christians today often think of of God's judgment as something to be feared, but the persecuted church sees it as their rescue. James's encouragement is this. God is going to do what he's promised to do, so persevere and wait for him. Jesus' return is certain. You can be confident that it is going to happen in the end. When a woman is pregnant, she is looking forward to a certain end point where there is a baby. It is inevitable. You can be confident it's going to happen in the end. God is going to do what he's promised to do. Persevere and wait for him. But waiting like this can feel very much like waiting for a baby to be born. Pregnancy is an uncomfortable time. It is challenging. There's lots to get ready. And when it's your first baby, you don't quite know what's about to hit you. In our church life here at St. Mary's, in some ways, we live in a pregnant time, don't we? We're changing how we do a lot of things, especially our children's and our youth work. We've said goodbye to our old team, but our new young people's and families coordinator isn't yet in place. So there is a now and a not yet about the work. And this morning we've got the grief of saying goodbye again to our very wonderful curate, Sarah. We're going to do that in between the services, so I hope you'll stay around for some breakfast and the chance to say thank you and to pray for Sarah. This kind of pregnant space is not a particularly comfortable place to be, but it is an essential part of change. As we travel from the old way of doing things to the new, we go through a time where there is a waiting and a preparing for the new thing to start, And there can be no change without this middle space and the tension that it involves. And James gives Christians two pieces of advice to help us persevere in this space. He says, don't grumble and look at the examples of the prophets and of Job. So verse 9, look down. Don't grumble against one another, brothers, or you will be judged. When you're sitting in an uncomfortable space, it is natural to grumble. You might be grumbling about something in your current situation, but equally you might just be grumpy about other people in general, finding fault, even being downright mean. And it would be safe to say that I've heard all of those grumbles in the last few months. They range from perfectly reasonable things that people have said to words which have been much more unpleasant and unkind. And it's been really hurtful to be on the receiving end of some of it. The thing about grumbling is it is so easy to do behind the scenes, talking to those people who agree with us. But Jesus' way to deal with disagreement is to be direct, to just go to the person, talk face to face with someone with whom you take issue. And if you're still not happy, then you take it further. <clears throat> but take James's instructions seriously. Don't grumble against one another. 
Don't bring God's judgment on yourself by your toxic words. Social media just doesn't help us here, does it? It's often a vehicle to express yourself in terms that you would never use face-to-face and often expressed just in a way to get a reaction from people who agree with you. I think it's really good advice for Christians to keep your comments on social media positive and encouraging. I know not everyone agrees with me, but there are plenty of people out there who will criticise you and tear you down, and we can do better than that with one another. If you've got an issue with someone, take it up in private, not in a public forum where your words can be misunderstood, twisted, and will just stay out there. James goes on, verse 10. Brothers, as an example of patience in the face of suffering, take the prophets who spoke in the name of the Lord. As you know, we consider blessed those who have persevered. Who's James thinking about? The prophet Jeremiah, perhaps, who was hunted by the religious leaders of his day. Or the prophet Ezekiel, who was called into his ministry out of a place of bereavement. Or the prophet Daniel, who was deported from his home nation as a young man. Perhaps the prophet Hosea, whose wife became a prostitute. The prophets doggedly carried on with the job God had given them to tell the uncomfortable truth to God's people who by and large weren't listening and didn't like it. They kept going in the face of hostility and apathy. They relied on the powerful words that God was giving them and the call that he had put on them. Friends, if God has given you something to do, get on and do it. No matter how hard it is, no matter how thankless the people around you, And this is good advice for my wonderful colleagues as well who are moving on to what might be challenging environments some of the time. It is a privilege to hear God's call to ministry, whether that's speaking to friends or family or work colleagues or bringing people with you, as Sam said in that video, or being involved in church-based ministry. But it comes at a cost, and we've got to be realistic about that. People do not always want to hear it. James continues at the end of verse 11. You have heard of Job's perseverance and have seen what the Lord finally brought about. The book of Job is the Bible's longest piece of writing about suffering. Job loses everything, his wealth, his children, finally his health. And he refuses to let go of his faith. He's not in denial. He rails against God. He questions what he's going through. And God comes through for him in the end. God refuses to explain himself to him. His response is effectively, I'm God and you're not. But there's a good three chapters of that. You can read that by yourself. And in the end, he restored Job. His health is restored. He has more children. His wealth returned. James is encouraging us to hold on to God through suffering, to trust that God has the big picture and he knows what he's doing. Talk to God. By all means, shout at him. Be angry with him. Be confused. Be upset. God is big enough to take it. Think of Job. Think of those who have suffered 
and persevered around you. They will encourage you. Ultimately, of course, our example of perseverance under pressure is Jesus himself. Jesus suffered unjustly and was separated from his Father God so that you could be right with God. And fortunately for us, James was successful. The first century church of Jerusalem did indeed persevere. They survived, they pioneered, they sent people all over the world. And that is the reason all of us are here today. Advent comes at the darkest time of year. Some days are so gloomy, it never really gets light. We've had a few of them recently, haven't we? Other days are wonderful and bright, but utterly freezing. We've had a few of those this week as well. The summer feels like a really long way away, but it is coming. The twinkling lights of Christmas shine on those dark nights. It won't be long before the days are long and warm again. This Advent, keep going. Remember the examples of Christian people who have gone before you, the prophets, Job, Jesus, but people you know as well. And the church is a gift here as well, because no matter what you're going through in life, it is almost certain that somebody in our fellowship will have been there before you. And if you don't know them, we do. So come and ask us and we will introduce you. When we share our struggles, we encourage each other. If you'd like to talk about anything that you're going through to somebody, get in touch with us. We can always find someone who will share the load. We're blessed in this country, aren't we? This morning we don't face a knock at the door from the authorities. But many of you are finding you need to persevere during tough times. As we reflect on those who have encouraged us, pray that you'll be an encouragement and inspiration to others as you keep going through tough times. Let's pray. Lord, thank you for those who have encouraged us because they kept going. Help us to be those people to others, to keep going through the struggles and difficulties of our lives because we trust in our Saviour Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen.